Hello, welcome to this podcast again. My name is Marike de Witte. I'm a clinical psychologist, sexologist working at Maastricht University. I do a lot of research on sexuality and also teach on sexuality. And today we're going to talk about sexuality again. And we're going to continue talking about sexual diversity because I think it's so important to raise awareness and to understand that everyone has their own unique sexual preferences and desires. And that's okay. We need to embrace this diversity. And today we're going to talk about the LGBT. LGBTQI plus community. So lesbian, uh, bisexual, gay, transgender, queer, intersex, and other. Now, in the previous episode, we have already addressed the issue of heteronormativity and the fact that we live in this gender binary world. And we, we discussed a little bit more about transgender. Uh, now we're going to focus specifically on diversity in sexual orientation. And as always, I have invited two guests, two experts in this field. Uh, maybe you can introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you for the inviting me. Thank you for having me here. Thank my you name for being is, here. Uh, my name is Kayonas. I'm a professor of applied social psychology with a focus on diversity and health of LGBTQI plus here at Maastricht University. Okay, welcome. Hi, and uh, my name is Kennedy. Thank you for having me as well. Um, I'm a master's student in biomedical sciences with a specialization in neuromodulation, so I focus on the brain. Okay, yeah. great. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me in this podcast because I'm not an expert in this field, so I would really like to share uh, some thoughts about this this topic. And I think, first of all, what I'm interested in is, 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 is thinking about this idea of diversity and sexual orientation and the term LGBTQ. LGBTQI plus it's always difficult to pronounce like does it cover it all what do we what do we know about this maybe Kai you can reflect on this well you know you have to look uh, back sort of in history how certain minorities uh, sexual orientation minorities referred to to themselves and uh, uh, a lot of terms are very culturally specific mm -hmm. or country specific language specific and then they suddenly became broader and uh, a lot of uh, subgroups decided well we 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 do not uh, want to call us gay men mm -hmm. uh, we prefer another a term and then uh, the alphabet started and uh, the alphabet was shorter in the beginning yeah and now it's getting longer and longer and and everyone wants to put their letter in yeah there's some variations sometimes there are some you variations can read different, and, and, and that that would be an, an endless discussion is there overlap and 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 does it cover it all um for the time being lgbtqi plus is the the, the term that we often work with internationally uh, but in some countries i do a lot of research in southeast asia it is absolutely not used. And the whole idea of identifying with all of these other groups just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a very uh, global north. It's a very Western construct. Okay. And uh, it's not common all over the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But is it important like for this, the group, the LGBTQI+, to be part of a community? Does it sort of raise this community feeling? How important is it? Because it's now also yeah, the, the Gay Pride Month and we have all these gay rights. How important is this actually to, to feel part of a group, to feel part of a community? Well, I think every human being uh, has the need to belong to certain communities and sometimes these communities are chosen mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they're imposed on you um, 
I think what you just said, it's it's Gay Pride Month or and, and, and there it already starts. It's not LGBTQI yeah, it's plus it's, month. Yeah. And a lot of people object uh, against that. Do people identify with the LGBTQI plus community? Do I do that? Uh, no, I don't because I have very little overlap with a lot of these members. I see their needs and I see their concerns, mm -hmm. but uh, it isn't. I don't think it's an umbrella term that people a lot can identify with, but maybe Kenny has a... Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, what I can say is as a student ambassador, I come in contact with a lot of students and different people. And, and sometimes these conversations arise. Um, some students actually get confused because there are so many different um, things and they are not really up to date. But because we have social media and we talk a lot with each other, that confusion gets, uh, we get rid of it really fast. And it's not about being part of um, a community, um, especially. It's more about raising awareness. And mm. as long as that happens, and then it's not really necessary mm. to put someone in. A, in but is it spot. raising awareness about diversity and accepting diversity and sexual orientation? Yes. Is yeah. that the main yeah. idea then? Yeah. Because I was wondering, indeed, if you say you have all these different groups, is there a lot of overlap between the different, if you say gay people, bisexual people, pansexual people, uh, queer, transgender? What about the overlap? Because now we treat them like as one community. It's like you said, not everyone identifies with the other group. So yeah. how should we see that? Um, that's difficult because I actually have a big uh, friendship group and mm -hmm. uh, I have a gay best friend, I have a lesbian friend, um, I have straight friend, one who's actually pregnant. So, um, and we don't even think about this. We, we just, we are just open-minded with each other. And um, as soon as we talk about boys or girls, it's it's not that, oh, because you're a lesbian, do you like this girl? We, we just um, yeah, yeah, yeah. see each other as human beings. Yeah, and that's, no, that's a good point. Yeah. We are all, all human beings. Yes. Why do we have to categorize? Exactly, yeah. 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 Now, when we think about this categorization in terms of sexual orientation, is it really a category? Like often people treat it like I'm or heterosexual or I'm homosexual. Do we see sexual orientation as this linear stable phenomenon or is it more like a dimensional continuum um, the idea of sexual orientation well sexual orientation uh, on a population level mm -hmm. uh, is on a continuum mm -hmm. uh, you'll find as as many expressions as individuals that are out there mm -hmm. for a specific person and speaking about myself growing up as a gay boy, you want to put a label on yourself. And mm -hmm. it's really difficult in certain stages of your life that you don't have that label, that you don't have that accessibility to who am I, what am I? And then you don't want to, or some people may, I didn't. Um, and in certain phases of your life, this may change. Uh, you want to put a label on yourself because you want to know who you are and you don't want to live in this fluidity mm -hmm. although some people choose for this yeah exactly um, so everything's possible yeah but yeah you you need to know who you are and whom you desire at least at a certain moment mm -hmm. with the potential of change yeah at a, at a later moment in your life but it feels that for society that is difficult the society wants to categorize you're or heterosexual or homosexual and is it a personal choice or is it because you're forced in our society to sort of choose a category because it's like you say there is this fluidity and we know that that sexual orientation in women is, is more fluid that, that that it would be more uh, that often women sort of fall in love with a person and it could be a, 
a male or female like this it's really more uh, it's, it's, it's uh, independently of, of gender identity um so this idea of fluidity is, is often difficult for people to to grasp and so to capture so they feel like or i'm this or this but can we really say i'm 100 heterosexual or i'm 100 homosexual there's so no, much variation most, most likely most likely we can't say that and then we can't look into the future what's going to happen at our at our later stage but we also have to to understand that this categorization as a general psychological principle is a principle of energy conservation hmm. we categorize because if we would have to investigate every individual in every situation that comes up is like what is that person going to do it's going to cost us a lot of time a lot of energy and it helps us to work with categories and these categories are leading to abstractions and with the abstractions you're losing fine-grained information mm -hmm. and that's where the conflicts are starting yeah uh, it, it helps to say well kennedy based on the features that i see most likely male so let's put him in this box it helps me to to tailor my response to him yeah but if i would have to really figure out well what are the nuances i may make mistakes it could take much longer and i'll be very exhausted afterwards mm -hmm. i'm not saying that we shouldn't do that mm -hmm. but we also have to recognize if we want to have a certain cognitive fluidity then categories are inevitable mm -hmm. yeah it's for the ease of communication you say yes. it's kind of part of our of, of how we how we function yeah is it and if you think about your community your friends your group is it an issue do people talk about like this is my sexual orientation or i'm you know we have these skinsy skills yeah. that you have uh, yeah. where do you place yourself on the continuum do you say hey i'm a 75 heterosexual i mean that's yeah. not how we communicate no. right no it's true um well an important part of this is actually it's my friend group it's the community we know each other already yeah uh, it's uh, at the point where you don't know the person yet and you just meet each other and you have to introduce yourself as being gay or being straight um, that's the po point where it gets a little difficult yeah um, but um, some people don't like for me I don't even bother saying uh, how it is mm -hmm. but um, if you have a problem with that you you, you start okay now I have to say I'm binary or non-binary or gay and um, you start facing problems if the other person doesn't understand mm -hmm. um, but if you had that conversation it's all over the friend knows uh, how you think knows how you mm -hmm. like to dress so if you show up in a dress one day they, they won't look at you at a yeah, different yeah, way yeah. so it makes it easier yeah um, but it's more yeah. indeed if you if you meet new people that you sort of yes automatically label yourself yes as a way to, yes. for the ease of communication but it also yeah, seems but, but let me let me there is there is another thing there in in in, in germany there was there was this uh, sort of uh, funny statement where they had a gay comedian and one of his skits was that he said i'm gay and i would like to have a, a scoop of strawberry strawberry ice cream Mm -hmm. And what he wanted to point at is, well, is it relevant that I'm gay when I want to have strawberry ice cream? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what we what we do experience uh, in in these days, and that's maybe a fashion or a specific phase that we put a lot of emphasis on our sexual orientation. And yes, sex is political. What we do in bed is. But on the other hand, you can also ask yourselves do we need to disclose that is yeah, that relevant in yeah. every moment and yeah. yes from a heteronormative perspective it's the minority that has to explain themselves 
and that is oh you're gay so are you more the female or the male yeah. in bed and you're immediately put in the very heterosexual yeah. Label yeah, yeah. On. yeah yeah you, you yeah. put the heterosexual labels you put their categories on it and that creates a lot of friction you don't want to explain you don't want to uh yeah give that information because the heteronormative side doesn't have to explain themselves what they are doing yeah exactly but sort of by the same token you can also say is it relevant and it becomes relevant when there is overt or covert discrimination yeah. and then we need to talk about it and then we need to sort of put it into yeah. the spotlight but for the rest yeah why would we bother why would why, we have to... why would we bother yeah, and i also understand that for some people and that's why i said sort of in terms of developmental stages when you want to find out who you are yeah it's much more important yeah obviously um if you have experience of being lesbian gay for 30 years you can look at it from a much more yeah. relaxed perspective yeah, yeah. It's really, I think, there important that we make this distinction between sexual identity, sexual orientation, sexual behavior, sexual attractiveness. Because of sexual attraction, it, it's these are all different concepts. And what I sometimes feel is that that when you talk with some some people, uh, like uh, lesbian friends, who say like, I don't want to identify as being a lesbian because I just fell in love with this person this is a woman but my next partner can be a man i don't know i'm it's not part of my identity and then you can really see that there's so much diversity yeah, that some people just say i feel attracted to a woman now but i don't feel like this is not part of my identity of my sexual orientation yeah. and then 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 if you think about that i mean there's also like this discussion on asexuality recently yeah, that 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 some people uh, who are asexual uh, indicate this is a sexual orientation and so then it's also this this discussion of labeling and eh? why 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 is it so important if it's a sexual orientation or a philosophy or a way of living or or part of your sexuality why do you need to call it a sexual orientation what's to gain for this group of people well what's to gain uh we also have to look at what is the origin mm -hmm. of these labels and in many cases the united states of america are the origin of these yeah. labels and then we need to look at the U.S. culture, which is a culture that is based on categorizations and also giving certain rights mm -hmm. or withdrawing rights from certain groups. So it can be beneficial to be able to label yourself as I am X, Y, Z, mm -hmm. because that may get you into college easier or you yeah. get uh, a discount or you have certain advantages or it's protective or it, it, it does something with you. Mm -hmm. In a European context, we have a completely different tradition, but we're taking over a lot what comes from the United States. And there is a lot of critique uh, also from the Global South, from, from people who are like, no, we, we don't play these coming out identity politics. Mm -hmm. This is not what we do. And if you look back uh, into gay history, the whole idea of top and bottom sexual positioning in the 60s, no one talked about it. Mm -hmm. It didn't exist. When I moved to the States and went out to, to uh, gay bars, they, they asked me, so are you a top or a bottom? And, and, and my answer was, I, uh, does it matter? Mm -hmm. Do I have to know? And people would turn around and walk away because I wasn't fitting yeah. their expectation. Mm -hmm. And so I learned I have to label myself. Mm -hmm. Did I want to? No. And I think we should also ask these questions 
why do we use these labels and does it fit yeah. with the societies and the environment that we're living in and what you just said with your circle of friends it doesn't matter mm. yeah, someone, in your mini society it doesn't yeah, someone, matter exactly someone can be pansexual for half a year and asexual for the rest of the half year do they need to announce no no exactly no. why does it matter it's a good question and i think that's a lot what we see it's a lot of that that the stress that that the, the, the lgbtqi community faces is, is, is societal stress eh? it's it's being part of a sexual minority group and and that creates that means that they're faced more with negativity with stereotypes they internalize these negative uh, stereotypes so it seems that there's still a lot of going on in our society we have this idea that we are more accepting eh? because i mean it was a psychiatric diagnosis before it stopped being a psychiatric diagnosis. There are no conversion therapies. We kind of accept the fact that there is diversity well, in sexualization. Well, not forbidden. Well, that's the, the, the question. The Dutch, eh? the, the, the Dutch government or the, the parliament has not made, from my perspective, a very smart uh, decision uh, uh, last week. Okay. And uh, uh, they could have taken a much Can you stronger... elaborate a little bit more on, 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 on that? Well, sexual con con conversion therapies uh, uh, were very much in fashion after the Second World War mm -hmm. um, by psychiatrists uh, who were who were running uh, the show, um, who were also interestingly psychoanalysts mostly. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you if you look into that, they didn't really have a good reasoning why they came up with that idea, but they just had to produce an idea, so they just said, "Oh, let's do that." Um, the electroshocking of gay men uh, has stopped mm -hmm. uh, by and large, but there are enough mostly faith-based groups that yeah, still believe still that with a good amount of praying and other uh, activities, you can change uh, the sexual orientation of a human being. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of governments worldwide are not really willing to curb such activities. Yeah. And uh, in the Netherlands, although very liberal in, in that sense, uh, they weren't really willing to take a strong stance on mm. it, although the parliament had asked for it. So it's a missed opportunity, actually, to really sort of uh, spread this idea of accepting, because it seems st still, in a way, we are still considering heterosexual to be the more natural, normative uh, thing. And that, yeah, that that. I mean, I sometimes wonder, is it is it because we don't accept the fact that there's another sexual orientation or is it just that, yeah, well, people are distressed about it, so we need to deal with the distress and if people will feel better if we converse them so that there is less distress, then why shouldn't we do it? Why shouldn't we then treat them? Is that the underlying idea that it's more about distress rather than the sexual orientation in itself? I think the arguments that are being put forward by a number of groups are very different and, and and there is a big variation sometimes it's really faith-based and they say yeah, this is exactly. not good god's will yeah, and not natural I, yeah. I don't know which god they're uh, talking about but at, at least they seem to have a very clear idea in mind uh what that god um mostly male most likely um wants or doesn't want um other governments uh took a, a position and saying well we can't uh, uh have an impact this is religious freedom Mm. So it, it's actually not so much about the sexual orientation and the con, uh, conversion. Yeah, it's more, it's, about it's more like uh, we really want to safeguard religious freedom and hence we are not um, becoming active. So there are a multitude of positions and also within these groups, uh, some are 
uh, sort of putting, we just want to to cure and heal these poor souls and mm. put them back on the path of good faith. And I can I can understand that if you're being subjected to such an environment, that yeah. this may seem as the best way out, and this, this yeah, may because... seem as uh, this is the, the the path to salvation. But I, I can also imagine that part of the if you're raised in a homophobic environment, you also internalize these negative attitudes, and then you don't accept yourself, which creates distress. So you can sort of feel that part of the distress of of having a, a, a non heterosexual sexual orientation is societal stress because people don't accept you and you kind of internalize these negative ideas yeah, yeah. is this still an issue in, in in the community do you feel Kenny that that this idea that people are are still struggling with their own sexual identity sexual orientation because at this point it seems that especially in the younger generation there is more acceptance there is more tolerance we do know that there is diversity in sexual orientation is there still a lot of struggling um, well, I do know from some that they are actually um, trying to figure out what they want, especially at my age, at uh, 20s. They, okay, maybe I'm going to date boys now. And I'm like, do you know you like them? Why, why are you dating? Yeah, because, you know, I don't know for sure. So they, they, they are trying to um, explore. And that's a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. why shouldn't you explore? Um, but then again, some of them actually... Um, keep exploring but they don't get to the point where they actually make a decision and this is something that you should accept because some people um, don't know from one day to the other okay now i'm gay or now i'm bi so yeah yeah and but at least you have the, the opportunity to, ex- to explore and it's okay now it yeah. is in the sense that we've come a long way i mean it used to be that it was terrible if you i mean yeah being gay there were not there was not much opportunity and now at least you can speak about it you can be open about yes. it you can explore you don't have to hide yourself exactly yeah. and um i wanted to give an example from people who are coming from the island where i'm from from mm-hmm. curacao in the caribbean um it's a big taboo to have even a family member that is gay it's mm. it's now starting to get more um accepted but um, I hear from some who come from the island. It's like, yeah, now I have more the chance to, you know, explore myself, and um, finally they, you know, they, they yeah. come out of the closet. And so it's sometimes very hard to accept, but your your social environment has a big role in yeah. this. Uh, whole, yeah, you yeah. touch upon on a very important topic: the yeah. fact that we feel like, oh well, it's more accepting, but that's in, in Belgium, the Netherlands, in this yeah. part. But there are so many countries, uh, even in Eastern Europe, for example, so many countries in which yeah homosexuality is still forbidden that there are no gay rights that people cannot marry that there are so many discriminations still yeah. eh? so yeah. it's indeed not not a commonly accepted uh, thing yeah. and yeah. and and you say like eh, in curacao uh, that it's still a taboo and it's still difficult yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not you know it's not only a, a rights-based question it's it's even even in dutch societies uh, you do find uh, youth that are not struggling at all. Mm. I remember uh, some years ago we did interviews. We, we called them same-sex attracted teenagers because they didn't have had sex, or so they they wouldn't want to put a label on them. Mm. And we we did some interviews, and 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 some of these boys, they were 15, 16, and and what some of them say, yeah. And then my mom takes me over by car to see my boyfriend in the next village, and and I was sitting there like slightly jealous, and like I would have liked to have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you find counterparts, same age, uh, 
often coming from a migrant family background yeah. or uh, a faith-based background and it's so much more difficult mm-hmm. and they're not having the loving mother that ferries them around to their boyfriends and they're sort of living lgbtqi teenager heaven no mm-hmm. they they uh, have uh, a dating profile on a dating app from from friday mm-hmm. night till friday late evening mm-hmm. Uh, because that's their window of opportunity to have sex and then you have this reduction of identity to sex yeah which is absolutely losing so much more that's yeah. part of it yeah yeah it, it seems that independently of society it's mainly also religion that has a strong impact on how people um, treat the community the the, the, the non-heterosexual yes young yes people. and no we actually did research on that and mm-hmm. you do find that it's not necessarily tied to a specific face. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's often tied to a threat to masculinity. Okay. And, and then if you do find that threat to masculinity, it doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Jewish, or Christian. Then that is actually the underlying explaining yeah. element. So we already touched upon the idea of coming out and 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 that it's 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 getting easier nowadays. But are there still obstacles in the coming out process? What are what are the challenges that that people still facing? Um, well, the challenge is one of the most important you face right now as a um, person of the LGBTQI community. Um, the pandemic came, so all the international students from Maastricht University um, had to go back at their own place. So basically, some of them who came out now had to, instead of develop themselves over mm. here in Maastricht, they had to go back at their families um, and come out again or just stay in the closet. So yeah, it, yeah. So COVID hard. clearly had an impact on the coming out yes. process. Yeah. 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 And independently of COVID, in, uh, if we think about the broader societal uh, landscape nowadays, are there still many obstacles? I mean, we already talked about people are more open to explore and can also yeah. talk about it. Like, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to see uh or, or is it for yeah maybe for some groups maybe kai do you know whether some groups suffer more than other groups in terms of coming out well i think yes many things have gotten much easier but uh as long as you still have uh, in dutch homo as the, the 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 main curse word on on the football stadium or in the context of a football stadium or when you play football then we yeah. still have some some work to do mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely need a new word there mm-hmm. uh, because you don't want to be that guy that everyone says, well, you're playing football like a, a gay uh, person. Um, but it's it's also hitting uh, not so much the, uh, the lesbian or gay uh, teenagers or young adults. It's also hitting the, the bisexual uh, teenagers and young adults because they're often even forced by gay or lesbian counterparts that they that their identity is not accepted hmm. that their identity is seen as oh yeah you're just gay and you don't know it yeah, and you yeah, don't want okay. to admit it and and we really have to to also accept that within these communities we're also often as discriminatory towards yeah. each other yeah. than the heterosexual enemy if you want yeah, to yeah, call it like yeah. that and yeah that is that is something that we need to work on and and you could go on in uh especially in the gay community the exclusion of uh people of color uh in dating profiles no blacks no jews no asians you can go on and on mm. and what remains is this uh dream world of masculine 
non-gay presenting uh, white guys uh, who think that that way uh, they're not vulnerable. Mm. And mm. Uh, uh, so even within the gay community in particular, uh, there is a lot of stereotyping and discrimination happening. Yeah. And that's something we need to address and, and tackle and also uh, understand that we are not the, the lovely, cute minority that does everything right. No, we also have to yeah, yeah, accept exactly. that so there we seems can to be, be perpetrators yeah. too. So there is like discrimination in different layers and different subgroups. And, 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 and uh, yeah, it's not only, like you said, a heterosexual against non-heterosexual. But where does this discrimination come from? You, you, talk, you talk, talked about masculinity. Is that the driving force underlying this idea where we have a lot of homophobia? There's lately more recent cases of, of aggression against uh, homosexual uh, people. Where does it come from, this, this discrimination? Um, I think there are many underlying cases you can link it to. Um, one of them that you pointed out was, um, of course, the, um, if you if you have your preference, that's fine. Um, but some people just take it to the extremes in which they um, prefer non-Asian, non-Black, non. Um, and what what are you looking for then? Is that the only mm -hmm. reason you turned? A gay or bi or something mm -hmm. else so it's it's very hard and and people from my community they always um talk about these things because oh my god last time someone i i personally had a date with someone and and um oh i thought you were more masculine oh yeah sorry no it's not and these things happen and you you come to accept those kind of things mm -hmm. um but then again you shouldn't be discriminating while you don't want to be discriminated yourself mm -hmm. right so you have to draw the line somewhere and it's good to have references but um yeah some things go too far yeah what yeah. i mean what what is the assumption um or the hypothesis behind this is that you as any minority you lean towards what is closest to the majority that brings you into a safe space. Mm -hmm. And we see that in, in a number of contexts. So yeah. uh, there has actually been research among African-Americans in the United States that lighter-skinned African-Americans discriminate against darker-skinned African-Americans because they hold them accountable for the discrimination they receive. Yeah. So it's because of you that I get... That I'm not accepted. That I'm not accepted. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you do see it with the so-called model minorities, uh, especially, again, in the United States, uh, Asian-Americans, try to be as white as possible uh, so that they blend in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have these terms of, for example, the banana. Mm -hmm. uh, you're yellow on the outside, but white on the inside. And you have a number of fruits that sort mm -hmm. of try to convey the same message. Among uh, gay men, it's the same thing. The more masculine you appear there's also the search term on gay dating apps mask for mask um, that keeps you in the safe space yeah, yeah. and hence people that are more feminine in their presentation are seen as a threat to masculinity and we come back to masculinity threat that seems to be a unifying yeah it seems to be a mm -hmm. huge thing yeah. yeah, toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that also what drives? I mean, the aggression. I mean, there's the, the gay bashing, the the, uh, the 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 negative, the the violence. Um, 
against uh, gay people. Uh, it seems to be increasing a little bit more again, uh, because I also had the idea often that that like the younger generation is more woke, so they're more accepting. So it's mainly the older generation who doesn't really understand, which is mainly the case because they don't know or they it's about raising awareness. But it seems to be that also the younger generation, there's a group of people who are really intolerant. And, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. how do you perceive that in our current society? Yeah, well, um, you perceive that as um, it. It's a pity that you they are intolerant, but it, there's nothing you can change about them. And there will always be people who are intolerant. And um, yeah, personally, I, I I see some people when I walk on the street and I have my best friend with me. Well, my best friend loves to be a little extra. Sometimes he he wears a bag or an earring. He's uh, very extravagant, but um, he's a nice person, and you really feel his vibe when you talk to him. But when we walk on the street, people sometimes they they look at him like what what is this guy why is he wearing heels or something like that mm. and then um you already see people judging and some people really inaccept it and i really think that's something that should be addressed because what's yeah yeah i mean let everyone uh, the, be what yeah they let everyone be, be what and, it, yes. and freedom and just yeah. freedom in expressing yourself exactly and, but yeah you see this and um it's, it's you know in certain places when you go he knows that okay now i'm gonna dress you know more manly because i know we're gonna get looks if i dress otherwise so it's still there and it's not yeah. gonna change mm -hmm. very soon yeah. mm -hmm. although I, I would be careful to say it has increased we don't have good numbers <laughs> no. yeah and maybe it's also because there's more media yes, attention the moment, and the then you have you, the impression the moment you start looking yeah. you gotta see it yeah yeah and some decades ago we didn't look exactly and no. then yeah. you or don't. it was more hidden or, or it, it was, was more, more hidden yeah. and 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 we've we've done studies on reporting of hate crimes by gay men uh the percentages in the netherlands but also on a european level they are shockingly low mm -hmm. there there are sometimes in some surveys there are zero yeah. So they experience it, but they don't do anything yeah. with it. So the moment it 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 becomes something in media, it 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 it, it sort of surfaces. It gets a lot of attention. Yeah. I wouldn't say it has increased. Yeah, but it's just get more attention. It now gets, the good thing what we do see is when you have these media cases that it immediately elicits a wave of 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 disgust and 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 and, and people are supporting then the gay community and, and are against yeah. all this intolerance so it also yeah. has a, a positive um i mean i think we we also often think about the, the 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 gay community or the lgbtqi community in terms of distress and sexual minority distress and negativity but there's also a lot of empowerment there's also a lot of positivity going there on is. so we should also engage more in a positive view on this uh, community absolutely and 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 you know we I think one of the challenges for community work, for research, is to find out sort of what, why does it go in a good way for one and why does it turn in yeah. a bad way for another person? Because we do see that there are growing amounts of gay men, lesbian women, also transgender, that experience very positive environments and that are leading fairly happy lives. Mm -hmm. So it's not all bad. Yeah. So it's, the challenge is actually to find out what are the determinants that it goes bad for some. Yeah. And why others are just thinking like, no, I don't have a problem. And that's also an issue for solidarity within the community. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good point to sort of really 
focus more on resilience and risk and, and tackle both instead yeah. of only thinking about the negative aspects. So we were talking about uh, discrimination and, and stereotypes, and there are a lot of stereotypes about, about uh, homosexual being more female or whatever. So that, that also turns back to the studies on, on are there any differences, uh, brain differences between heterosexual and homosexuals, as if we want to know whether there's a nature-nurture element in, in, in this uh, sexual orientation debate. So what do we think about this? And what also, what does the community think about this? Because it's also, I mean, it's not free of moral judgment if you do this type of research. So maybe, uh, Kai, what does the community, what does the research, how is it inspired? What is the general aim of this type of research? Well, it has died down a bit, so it's not so fashionable at the moment anymore. It was some years ago. Yeah. Um, the researchers who worked on this didn't really find convincing evidence, so I would still argue there is no difference. Mm -hmm. If you ask the question, what's the aim or what's the context? Again, it is research that is inspired in the US American context. And if you're able, based on a biological difference, to you can claim advantages. Mm -hmm. You can say, I am X and I can't do anything against yeah, it. And hence, it's part have, of my brain. Structure. Yeah, you have to give me something. Mm -hmm. And in a way, you could even say that goes back uh, and to a medicalization of, of sexual orientation. So you so you 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 try to to uh, use it as uh, as, uh, as something that's inevitable that can't get cured. And hence, you you may have some advantages. And that was actually met with quite a lot of resistance uh, in, in the gay community. But others were hoping to get advantages out of it. But you could say advantages, but was there any idea of, well, if we can locate differences in the brain structure, we can change it also? Because then we can do targeted interventions and, and try to manipulate well, that brain? It wasn't well for neuromodulation. That's your job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think that we'll go back to electroshock therapy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were hoping that they could uh, uh, come up with some sort of prenatal diagnosis and then you find out, okay, your son will be gay. Do you want that or you don't want that? Oh God. Luckily, yeah. luckily this, this really never, lucky that yeah. never, never materialized. Yeah. But it's, uh, if, if you of course think of the, the dream child, mm -hmm. uh, then that's maybe something you don't want. But as I said before, it's, it's not very attractive and not very ongoing, and I haven't seen any yeah. uh, research funding being handed out uh, to yeah. research groups like that. So I kind of think it's a bit of a, a non-issue. Okay, well, finally it, it, yeah. it lay down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. because I also think that, I mean, it does something also, it says something, if you do this type of research, I mean, there's kind of an underlying idea. Yeah. Now, we, we already tackled a lot of things. I like the idea that there's minority distress, discrimination, there's violence, there's, there's struggles, there are obstacles, but there are also good things. There's a lot of empowerment and positive issues. But where are we now and how can we evolve? What are still issues that we need to tackle for this LGBTQI community? What are the... the, 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 yeah, the um, stress there are still uh, the, the challenges are still facing uh, how can we move and evolve towards becoming a more accepting inclusive tolerant society what steps do we still need to take that was a big question yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot of questions in one i think it's more like where we stand now and where where should we how should we move on and how can we sort of become more accepting and tolerant 
I think you you have to ask. I'm I'm sorry. I think you have to ask the question really specific per group. You know, for for mm-hmm. trans individuals, it is a completely different yeah, story. Yeah, that's true. Again, uh, we come for, to the for, for, for then for gay men, uh, lesbian women often lack visibility. Uh, bisexual uh, individuals also get subsumed or it's seen as a phase. So it's it's really very different mm-hmm. uh, groups. What do we need to achieve? We need to achieve non-discriminatory equal treatment that's often easier said than done mm-hmm. um, when you when you work on on, on, on sex education um, for for teenagers for for children it's it's often really difficult to give them all of these options because that also can be very confusing mm-hmm. and then it's a question of like how do you do this in a phased manner and when do you talk about certain topics and when you not talk about certain topics and it's also not only the job of schools it's the job of uh, parents uh, friends Mm -hmm. uh, the whole society to to portray any member of the lgbtqi spectrum in a positive way so that everybody who wants to become something gets a positive role model yeah and it's 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 these small things i think it's important that at the university you have staff and senior students that are openly gay or lesbian and that a first-year student who doesn't really know what he or she or they like um can go like yeah i kind of like that so let's try out this so that you have role models and and that you give space for experimentation that is non-judgmental yeah and also give individuals the opportunity to to change yeah Yeah. and And to be flexible and and to be flexible and that i think is a is a really important uh topic for uh, for everybody in 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 certain uh cultural contexts there is this idea of that you can play until you're 30 (laughs) and then you have to go to the safe haven of heterosexual marriage monogamy Uh, sure yeah Uh, but that who knows uh, that uh, that certain uh, sexual orientation preferences may change. I, I always have this um, uh, sort of very important image for me. My, my parents uh, have a friend, uh, was a business friend of my dad. He came over always with his boyfriend from Milan in very nice cars. I was into cars. So I was more into the cars than into him. But th- what I find fascinating in that story is that this man due to the hiv crisis and losing so many lovers at a certain moment decided i had enough i want to be with a woman because i don't want to lose yet another partner mm-hmm. mm. yeah. and even that is possible yeah although a lot of gay men would go like no 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 he's still gay yeah yeah yeah, it's about indeed the diversity, accepting that everyone has a different position in it. and yep. that, that. But it's also what you touch upon, the idea of sex education. And I think that's also one way that we need to change is the current form of, of a type of sex education, which is still heterosexual. I mean, if you think about standard sex education at school, I think we should sort of include more gender diversity and include more differences in sexual orientation and at least tackle the topic, but also in the examples you give, the the, yeah. the, the lessons you give, that people are, I mean, already from, from early on, deeply ingrained by this idea of heterosexual relationships so that there should be more like diversity included. Yeah. Exactly. And I can give an example uh, at 
my high school, they had this special day in which um, sexologists and they would come to school and give uh, lectures and have open groups where all the students could actually discuss this. And there was this one classmate uh, that actually came out right on that day on the spot because the opportunity was there and he felt like now i should share it and that he, his parents didn't even know this so and you see how important it is to bring it on very early in stage yeah because i also heard of uh, of, of of my friends that met people that were over 30 and um, they came out way later and if you it, if you can have the opportunity to do it earlier it saves a lot of hassle uh, so I think the earlier yeah. the better, um, but yeah, you have to find. Uh, so I think high school is already a very good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there something you would add, Kenny, if we think about this question of what what steps do we still need to take to become a more inclusive and accepting and tolerant society? Oh yeah, that's a hard it's a question. big question. Yeah. I know, yeah, but if you want to think yeah. about some issues that you think, yeah, this is something we still need to work on. Um. Yeah, maybe also it's it's in the small things. For instance, if you have an um, application for a job or or you always feel this 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 edge of um, am I being accepted as a gay person or not? Mm. It's it, and it goes to different places. Also, if you go to the student ambassador here at Maastricht University, you feel accepted now, no matter what you have. Um, so I I would say raise awareness not only at the university, also yeah, at yeah. jobs, but because some sometimes we say we are like this i mean if you look at linkedin right now you see all the the flags and the colors for companies so now they raise awareness and they show it about but is that the case when it's not the pride month yeah exactly yeah exactly now that's a good point so it's in, in general i think what we can think is about indeed raising more awareness accepting accepting diversity and i think that was the main message of, of today's episode also to sort of to cover and, the different topics and, and change yeah. is happening yeah. yeah you know i was being told 20 years ago don't talk about it yeah exactly. don't tell there is more openness that's true. and 20 years later i'm the first openly gay president of the european association of social psychology mm -hmm. and I kind of smile back at those guys who told me 20 years ago, don't tell. Don't it's tell. Like, no, I, I told and it served me well. Okay, well, thank you both for being here and for um, sharing this interesting knowledge and interesting information. It was a nice discussion. So I think uh, we have raised a little bit more awareness, I hope. So thank you all for joining and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.